0: Today we are going to study um, Keno Upanishad. Keno Upanishad belongs to the Samaveda, it belongs to the Talavakara Shakha, it's the Talavakara portion of Samaveda and actually the correct name for this Upanishad is Talavakara Upanishad, Talavakara Upanishad because it belongs to the Talavakara Shakha of Samaveda and another name that's given to this Upanishad is Keno Upanishad because the first word in this Upanishad, this Kena, so people refer to it as Kena Upanishad just as Isha Vasya Upanishad is referred through the first word, is Isha Vasya is the first word so they say Isha Vasya Upanishad, Isha Vasya Upanishad belongs to the Yajurveda, it's the Shukla Yajurveda. this belongs to the Samaveda. this is Sama Upanishad so, the tradition is, before we start since the Upanishad is uh, revealed, it's a Shruti uh, the tradition is to understand or to reflect on uh, the rishi, devata, and the chandas of this shruti. So, the, the rishi of this Upanishad is Mahatattva Bhimani Hiranyagarbha. So, Hiranyagarbha gave the first revelation or got the first revelation of this uh, Upanishad. And the devata of this Upanishad, or the object of uh, knowledge or inquiry in this Upanishad, is Indriya Atita Parabrahma. And we will see why that is the object of knowledge in the Upanishad. So just remember that it's Indriya Atita Parabrahma, Supreme God, who is the, uh, the object of knowledge or Devata. And Chandas is Yathasthana, that is, you have to count the number of letters in the different shlokas to come up with what the Chandas is. Tristup is 11, 11, 11, 11. So shlokas with 44 letters. Is Trishtub, slokas with 32, which is 8888, 8, 8, 8 is Anustub, and there are some prose also. So there is sloka as well as a prose portion in this Upanishad. So Yatastana is the Chandas. So another tradition in Upanishad, which is Shruti, is to start the Brahmavidya with Shanti mantra. So you start with the Shanti mantra and then you end with Shanti mantra. So that is the tradition, Shanti Mantra. So the Shanti Mantra for this Samaveda Upanishad uh, is uh, like this It says Om apyayantu Mama Angani Vak Pranaha Chakshuhu Shrotram Atha. Atha U Guru. Balam, Balam. <paperless> Indriyani Cha Sarvani Sarvam, Sarvam. Sarvam. Brahma. Brahma Aupanishadam,
1: Aupanishadam.
0: Ma Aham Aam. Brahma Nirakuriam Ma Maam Brahma, Brahma. Nirakarod anirakaranam anirakaranam astu astu anirakaranam anirakaranam me astu astu Tata आत्मनि निरते यहाँ उपनिषद्सु धर्माहा ते Te संतु ते Te संतु ओम शांति ही शांति ही शांति ही। so this is the uh, Shanti Mantra for before the start of any of the uh, Samaveda Upanishads. And another uh, Samaveda Upanishad is the Chandogya Upanishad, which is, uh, we will deal with it, which has the famous Tattvamasi and Sarvam khalvidam Brahma, all those uh, sections are in the Chandogya Upanishad, which is also a part of Samaveda. So, uh, let me explain this Shanti Mantra first. Aapyayantu. Aapyayantu means let it swell in strength let it swell in strength, what swell in strength? mama angani all my different limbs, all my different parts in the body, let it swell up in strength let it be strong walk let my you know the vocal, let my voice be strong pranaha the prana which flows in the body through the chakras let it be unhindered, let it be strong Chakshu, let the eyes and the sight be strong. Shrotram, let my hearing and the ears be strong. Atha u and indeed balam. Here balam is that which controls that strength that controls the indriyas which is Manobalam Buddhivalam. Let my Manobala be strong for the manana. Let my Buddhivala be strong for discrimination. So why? you have chakshus and Shrotra always you know stated separately, they say Indriyani but they also have chakshus and Shrotra eyes and you know the ears listed separately always because spiritual knowledge most of it or all of it comes through two Jnana Indriyas, that is eyes and hearing, all the others are lower Indriyas the only Indriyas that supports spiritual learning is your eyes and your ears to stress that, that's why they always have these two separated out from other Indriyas. So, Chakshuhu, let the Chakshuhu be Apyayantu, let the Shrotram be Apyayantu, let the Manovalam, Buddhivalam be Apyayantu, let it be strong, let it grow in strength. Balam Indriyani, all the Indriyas, other than what is stated, which is Indriyanis, Karmendriyanis, all the five Karmendriyas and five Jnanendriyas. And you have mana, you have buddhi, and you have ahankara, so all let all these be strong and the question is why you know why is this student praying to God for body strength, for the strength of you know, voice for the strength of his prana, and all the manobala, buddhi bala you know check sight and say, or hearing why is he? Uh, you know praying for the strength. So what strength or what aim does he have or purpose does he have for you know gaining the strength? So if you if you understand it in these three ways which is Sattva, Rajas and Tamaswe, then you will know why this Brahman uh, the student here is he wants the strength from the divinities. Why is Rajasa strength, Rajasa Shakti is one that subjugates, which is arrogant and which is intimidating, that is Rajasa. Tamasa is the other way, it gets subjugated, it does not fight back, that is the other extreme, but Sattva is the strength not to subjugate, but to understand the knowledge of God, so that is the strength that the student wants here, that's what he makes clear in this, the next uh, part portion of this Shanti mantra he says Sarvam Brahma Aupanishadam Sarvam, so this this omnipresent, omnipotent, all this Omni, the God who is all this Omni, Sarvantaryami all these things that God is Brahma is Aupanishadam, the only source of the knowledge of such a Parabrahma is through Vedopanishad, it's neither Pratyaksha, nor anumana, there is no direct experience of God nor is God, God through any logical inference but only through the words and the two words of vedopanishads Upanishads, that's why it says Sarvam Brahma Aupanishadam, Upanishad sambandhi Aupanishadam means his knowledge is God only through Vedo through, through Shruti so for that gaining of such a knowledge I need this bodily strength that's why I'm praying to God for to give me that bodily strength and he says ma aham brahma nira kuriyam. with the acquiring of strength it is you know it is natural that one normally you know naturally goes to rajas if you have power you go to rajas because you want to dominate you want to subjugate so he says ma aham brahma nira kuriyam. let there be let there never be a time when I will neglect Brahman, so even though I get this bodily strength, even though Brahman gives me all this, let me use this to gain the knowledge or have Parabrahma as the object of my inquiry, object of my knowledge, let me not neglect him, let me, let this strength and all this that God God gives us, let it not take me away from this inquiry, so Nirakuryam, so let me not neglect the inquiry into God, even after gaining all this and he says ma maam brahma nira karod. the same way let prahma, para Brahma, parabrahma let him not neglect me in the sense that let him inspire me in such a way that I keep him as the object of my inquiry so let him influence me in such a way and let me not keep any other object other than parabrahma as the supreme aim or purpose of my life so and then he continues anirakaranam astu anirakaranam me astu so let there be this anirakarana anirakarana mutual not neglecting of each other let not Parabrahma neglect me or not inspire me in some other way but inspire me to keep him as the object of my or purpose of my life and let me keep him as the purpose of my life and let me not wander away in, into different or go tangentially to some other aims let, let me have him as the aim so anirakaranam astu anirakaranam me astu tat atmani nirate yaha upanishadsu Dharmaha te mai santu te mai santu tat atmani nirate such a person such a student that i am who is nirate completely absorbed and completely devoted to this parabrahma let let the let yaha upanishadsu dharmaha all these moral virtues the things that the Upanishad proclaims let te mai santu, let it be cultivated in me te mai santu, repetition is force you repeat it because you are forcing it so te mai santu, let it be cultivated in me let it be cultivated in me, om shanti 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 oh peace, peace, peace so this anirakarana also occurs in the Isha Vasya Upanishad when we did the Isha Vasya Upanishad the last uh the last sloka of Nisha Vasya Upanishad says, Agne Naya Supatha Raya asman Vishwani Deva Vayunani Vidvan yuyodhi Asmat Juhuranam Eno Bhu Ishtamte Nama Uktim Vidhe ma. so that's the last sloka, again the same thing let there not be Anirakarana from the side of God Agne O Agni Naya Supatha Raya Rai means Um, wealth. Here it is spiritual wealth. Naya Supatha. Supatha means good path. Good path is dharmika path. So, O Agni, Naya, take me, carry me in this dharmika path. Supatha raya to the spiritual knowledge. uh, Aspan as Vishwani Deva Vayunani Vidwan You who inspires thoughts in all of us you who knows all our thoughts inspire good thoughts in us yuyodhi asmat juhuranam enaha enaha means uh, sin or papa karma juhuranam is that papakarma which is injurious to ourselves yuyodhi cast it away from me cast it away from us yuyodhi asmat juhuranam enaha bhū ishtam te nama uktim vidhema so we will pray you a lot of. we will give you a lot of prayers O Agni so the same thing which is expressed in Isha Vasya Upanishad also comes here, Anirakaranam astu, Anirakaranam means Brahma, let him, Naya Supata, let him take me in this good path, so that I keep him as always as the object of my, or the purpose of my life. And let let him do that and let me keep him as the object of my life. So that's the Shanti mantra, Om Shanti Shanti Shanti. Shanti. so before we start uh, the Upanishad let's see what we have studied uh, from the last few months we studied the Isha Vasya Upanishad we studied in the Isha Vasya Upanishad that the Antaryami as Isha as or the God as Antaryami is the one who is the source of all karma we studied all that the nature of God was described in a few verses but not in detail and then we came to Gita third chapter which is Karma Yoga Karma Yoga is a Sadhana Marga. So we concentrated on Sadhana Marga. And then when we came to the 4th chapter, a much more deeper meaning was revealed to us. Why you do Yajna? 3rd chapter said you need to do Yajna. 4th chapter said why you need to do Yajna. pravrtir bhuta bhutanam. Yajna is a way of, you are are eschewing your ahankara, your intentional account. You become realistic. Yadhartha jnana, tattva darshana. So you know or know the world as it is, not as you wish it to be. So Tattva Jnana is the intention, is just a part of the picture, not the whole picture. So that was what Karma, Vikarma and Akarma taught us. So we saw that and it revealed what Yajna is. Yajna is giving back to the source what came from the source. That is Yajna. So through Ahankara, Ahankara vimoodha atma karta aham iti manyate so that ahankara tattwa that we studied in the last class ahankara tattwa is that our the tendency to claim ownership of things you actually don't own so you just you know delusionally claim claim controlership or ownership and giving up that ahankara is when that is when you give the give back to source what came from the source yatha prakrutir bhutani and he becomes a yajna bhoktru whatever came from him goes back to him. So we learned the bigger picture of what a yajna is it's not just physical yajna, there is a manasika yajna, vachika yajna, daika yajna, all different sorts of yajna and all that, the support and the foundation to all this yajna is finally and basically is Parabrahma. So we saw that. So we studied the sadhana marga, we got into a deeper meaning now the next step is to understand the nature of God in Paidika Dharma. What is God? What is the nature of God? So we have not yet dealt with about that in detail. So that's what we are going to do in the next probably a few months because after this we are going to take up the ninth chapter which is Raja Yoga again into the nature of God and then after that we are going to go to Kathopanishad which is again a very deeper knowledge of what the nature of God is which will take a few months so the next for the next few months the theme will be what is the nature of God in Vaidika Dharma so as the first step the best Upanishad to understand it not in too much detail but even though this is a very short Upanishad not as short as Isha Vasya but it has four chapters very small chapters but the material in this is amazing so this will clear all the cobwebs, you know, that our misconceptions that we had about what the nature of God is that, that we learned without reflection through different media and all that. So this is going to clear all the concept and is going to give us the correct knowledge of what is the nature of God. So that is what Isha, uh, the Kena uh, Upanishad is going to do. So let's take the first uh, first shloka, first verse. Om Kena Ishitam. Patati Prashitam Manaha Kena Pranah, Pratamaha Praiti Praeti, praiti Yuktaha Kena Ishita Ishitam Vacham Imam Vadanti Chakshu Shrotram Ka U Devaha Yunati. So this is the question that's being asked here. The student is questioning here and the question is Kena Kena means by who Prashitam commanded or wished or willed whose will through whose will is this Manas, this my mind Patati Ishitam is I wish something maybe it's good or bad and Patati means false on the object that means it gets the attention, my attention gets the Manana by whose command or whose will it is getting it it is not me because the student here is thinking and the ancient Bhashyakaras uh, you know reflect about it you when you are born you now you have like three things three things that you need to understand <coughs> one is karta and here karana not karana, karana is cause, karana is like instrument or equipment and you have kriya or chesta. so you have uh, three of them, you have karta the one whose intention or wish does things and you have karana, karana is the instrument through which it is done Chesta is the kriya or the kriya of the instrument. For example, buddhi is a karana or a instrument of karta or the will. Instrument of will is buddhi, and what is the kriya? Its kriya is to discriminate, to rational, you know, be rational, compare, contrast. So that is the buddhi's kriya. Manas kriya is reflect, manana is manas kriya, manas is an instrument of will and manas kriya is manana, to always reflect and think, that is manana, same way chakshu is an instrument and its kriya is giving sight, so all the indriyas have, our karanas and their kriyas are what the uh, karta does, expresses himself or gets to know through the karana and why it's called a karana is see when you are born the bashikaras, it's a very interesting uh, reflection that they say when you are born, you, it takes a couple of years for you to be aware, first of all, that you control your body. You have not designed your brain, you have not designed your eyesight somehow it works, you see. You have not, You don't know or you, you have never designed or you never wished for the way you hear. Somehow it's hooked up, you hear. So you don't have control over these karanas, it is all that's been given to you, it's a given, so at some point of time through ahankara tattva, you become aware that all these things I didn't wish for, I didn't ask for, suddenly I am it's revealed to me, it's a given to me, it's a karana and I'm using all this, I never designed the brain, nor did I design eyesight I don't know which nerve goes where, it's all a given things happen and I experience and I through intention I can express through karmendriyas and maybe someday when I have an intention my hand might not work so even though you have an intention your karana is not giving support so even that is possible so if when you go to the intentional account you come to such a point that even your body is actually not in complete control of yourself so that is the thing that so they are just the karanas and each karana has a chesta and because of chesta you express through such a organ of action and you know through such an organ of knowledge which is sense organs so this is a given so when this is a given the student here comes up with this reflection, comes up with this question which is you know the mind it's not completely under my control, I partially I control it to a certain extent but it doesn't do my bidding completely I might want it to think something else, it will go to some other thing so that means it is not under my control completely, I control it partially, very partially so the question is whose will or whose bidding is this mind doing so that is what here the student wants to know then the next portion, the next Pada says Kena Pranaha Prathamaha Praeti Yuktaha Now it is well known that the mind is under the subjugation of prana the pranic force which is in the body. So the mind is prana bandhanam hi manaha says the Upanishad. So mind is in the bandhana or cased or chained by prana and prana can be manipulated through breathing. So breathing itself is not prana but breathing is the one that controls prana in the body. So there are five pranas in the body. They are prana, apana, vyana, udana samana, five kinds of pranas, so prana is such sensory and motor actions that bring the outside knowledge or outside things into the body, so be it through nutrition or be it in breath or through knowledge, through senses so that is prana, apana is the opposite of it, that which takes from the body through sensory and muscular action, motor action to the outside world, excretion, out breath and all that Udana Vayu is that which starts in the navel and comes out as voice, that Udana Vayu Samana Vayu is the Vayu in the center that is all those motor actions that makes digestion possible it digests, Samana Vayu digests and finally Vyana Vayu is in the heart that which takes things from the center to the v means to the periphery, from the center to the periphery. Such motor actions is Vyana vayu So these are five kinds of vayu in uh, five kinds of prana or vayu in the in the body. So on top of these five kinds of prana, five kinds of prana in the body has five abhimani devatas which are panchapranas. So these panchapranas have an abhimani on top of them, which is. The prana in the body, the prana which gives life to the body. Such a prana is Pratama prana, that means the prana who is the first, or Mukhya prana, or this, the prana or Matarishva, who is the life force of whom these five are the subordinates, these five, five kinds of pranas. So prana pratama, that prana controls the mind. But here he is saying, kena prana pratamaha praeti yuktaha. Yukta means just like yoke, yuj, English word yoke are the same root it's just like a chariot when yoked with a horse pulls, pulls that chariot, the horse pulls the chariot, the same way pranaha yuktaha, that means prana himself is nishkriya who is yoking to that prana to pull the prana to be active so who is that? prana controls the mind but who is in prana, who is controlling the prana himself so who is that? that's the second part of the question and the third part is kena ishitam vacham imam vadanti by whose motivation or inspiration do people have the power to speak? does the vagindriya have the power to speak? who is giving the power? and then finally Chakshuhu shrotram ka u devaha yunakti again yunakti is yoke, yoking and pulling it so Chakshu and Shrotram is any of those two main sense organs, who is yoking it and pulling it to do its work? Who is it? It's not me, it's not in my control but somebody is. Who is it? So this is the question of the student. I want to know who is actually controlling it because it's not in my complete control. I comp- control it slightly and I come under the illusion that I control it completely but I realize that through Tattva Dashana that I don't therefore let me know oh, oh Hirannagarbha who is actually controlling it? who is the controller? so this is the first the question that forms the crux of this Upanishad here from now on Hirannagarbha is going to reveal in an awesome detail what the nature of God is in the Upanishad here for this Upanishad Samaveda is a collection so of different uh, you know, suktas and each sukta has a rishi so Hiranagarbha is now answering he says shrotrasya shrotram manaso mano yath vachah ha, ha vacham sa u pranasya pranah chakshushah chakshuhu atimuchya dhiraha pretya asmat lokath amruta bhavanti so first answer he is giving is shrotrasya shrotram he is the ear of the ear he says, that means the, the shravana shakti of the ear he is the giver of the shravana shakti of the ear so he is shrotrasya shrotram he is Balam. he is the shravana shakti giver of the the ear, the hearing power of the ear Manaso Mano Yath Yath, that which gives the Manana Shakti to Manas and Vacho havacham. the one that gives the Vak Shakti to the Vagindriya Pranasya Pranaha Prana, mean, Ana means activity Prana means that who creates activities pranasya prana means the one who is the life of the life force itself, so who is the giver of life or the giver of, who makes activity possible for the abhimani of activity himself sahi pranasya pranaha sa u he indeed is that or that is Parabrahma. he indeed all this the, the giver of the hearing ability to the ear, the, the manana ability to the mind the walk ability to the Vagindriya and actually the prana of the pranadeva himself, Sa U is He indeed. U is like stress. He indeed. Chakshushaha Chakshuhu. Same continuation. So He indeed is the one who gives the power of sight to the eyes. He indeed is He. Parabrahma. And then He says, Atimuchya dhiraha. Dhiraha means dhishakti. Dhiramanat dhiraha. Those who have the knowledge, jnanis are called dhiraha because they have dhishakti. So dhiraha. Pretya asmat loka. Preta, means giving up their body or dying from this world. Asmat loka from this world. Pratya means giving up their physical body. They give up their physical body and atimuchya there's another body which has, which is like an astral body or lingadeha which is, which contains the samskaras and all the sanchita karma that goes around with the jiva to different physical bodies but until that goes you always have the samskara so that samskara is tracked to a jiva by this lingadeha, there's another deha other than the physical body which keeps the samskaras and the karma in it, that's how when uh, jiva gets different bodies he you know uh, experiences different karmas that he has already done the results for those karmas so that is lingadeha so atimuchya is giving up the physical body as well as giving up the lingadeha that astral body atimuchya dhiraha this jnani loka, amruta bhavanti so rahitam bhavanti even though it means they become immortal jiva is even now immortal, it's not like he is mortal and then he becomes immortal so by swarupa, by his very nature jivatma is immortal but he has the sambandha or contact with the physical body and these lingadeha, so what he has done is, he has given up the physical body which has a birth and a death and he gives he gives up the lingadeha which makes him go you know be born and die so he gives up all these which cause limitation in him which causes him to be in the cycle of birth and death ati giving up all this amruta bhavanti they become immortal which is their very nature so this is how uh, Hiranyagarbha is introducing sau parabrahma indeed is the one who gives this all these different shaktis to different indriyas so that is that is the answer to your question let me go in detail what else i can tell you he says okay then what else will should be the understanding he says natatra chakshur gacchati na vāk gacchati na u manaha na vidmaha na vijānimah yathā anushishyad anusishyāt is saying this he says natatra chakshur gacchati the eyes cannot go there in the sense that eyes physical eyes cannot comprehend God because God is not a physical entity that you can physically see so the eyes The eyes cannot comprehend God okay I, I cannot see but some somebody can describe to me God says no words cannot comprehend it, He is beyond that Words cannot comprehend it. So the words do not go there. Na manaha. Okay, I can reflect and come on my own. No, even thinking is limited. He says, even your thoughts cannot comprehend it. So no manaha. Na u manaha. Not indeed. The mind cannot comprehend it. And he says, Hiranyagarbha is saying, Na vidmaha. Na Yatha etad anushishyad. Anushishyat means Anushasana the one, he is the Isha who is the controller of the world and we, I have already told you that he is the one that gives the power of different sense organs, their powers and he says Navidmaha, I I don't know it in a general way vidmaha na Vijani Maha, I don't know it in a special way I don't know how this Parabrahman rules this world I don't know that's hiranyagarbha he is the first among the jivas he is the only sattvika he is saying i don't know the eyes cannot comprehend it the words cannot describe it the mind cannot reflect it i don't know in a general way or i don't know in a special way how he rules this world i don't know so he's hiranyagarbha is saying this and then next he says anyat eva tat atho aviditaad adhi iti shushruma Purvesham ye naha tath vyacha chakshire. so why is it that it's not known why is it? he says anyat eva tat viditaad so in this world we have knowledge and how do we have knowledge? we have knowledge through pratyaksha direct experience or anumana which is inferential logic. So through logic, if we know the object we will comprehend it directly, otherwise if it is not known, then with just few marks we can logically infer that such an object exists, like if you see the smoke you can infer the fire, or if there is no mark, no direct experience, then through the words we can infer, like through news you know about other places the same way through words you can infer what you cannot directly experience or what you cannot infer, you can get it through shabda pa- paurishaya shabda so and that shabda is actually they are making the shabda for what they have directly experienced so even they they have in the end it is pratyaksha and anumana paurishaya shabda is just conveying what they have experienced through direct experience and inference so basically it is direct experience and inference which is giving us the knowledge of this world. so here he is saying Anyat eva Tate viditad says, it is completely different it is completely vilakshana or different from what you will come to know through your pratyaksha and through your inference knowledge whatever you know it is not that kind of knowledge it is not that kind of an entity God is completely different from what you can know through pratyaksha or what you can know through anumana God is not that, it is completely different and aviditad adhi. Tat, atho tat aviditad adhi. Aviditad means it is different from what is not known or what is not experienced. Which is what. Now you have asat. Asat means fiction, fictitious thing. So asat is something that we will not experience. For example, the two uh, most um, uh, examples that give, they give. Very popular among the ancient commentators is Shasha Vishana. Shasha Vishana means a horn of a rabbit. Horn of a rabbit? No rabbit has a horn, but a horn of a rabbit is a fictitious thing, doesn't exist. And they say son of a barren woman. They say son. That son is a fictitious entity. So such a knowledge is asat. So asat cannot be experienced. Shasha cannot be experienced it is just, you know, a word, that's all, it's not a physical entity that's experienced so, what Hiranagarbha is saying is it is different from what you can know in this physical world through your pratyaksha, through your anumana but it is not a fictitious thing, it is different from what you can imagine, or from, it is not fictitious it is not known through experience in the worldly sense and it is not a fictitious imagination of one's mind so it is not those two, so it is avididat, vilakshana, vididat, vilakshana, so different from this asat and different from what is known in this world through pratyaksha and anumana and he says, hiranyagarbha is saying, Iti shushruma that we have heard and that has been taught to us, poorveshan, by our ancients, he is saying our ancients, ye nah tat those who have taught me this knowledge, this knowledge they have told me that it is different from what we experience in this world and it is different from what is asat or fictitious, it's neither an imagination or figment of one's imagination nor is it something which is like something which is pratyaksha or anumana, anumana gamya or knowledge like that so it is completely different then he continues so what is it that's the question, so he says, it's different from this, it's different from that so you should reflect because the first khanda what is going to do is, it is going to clear your cobwebs or the misunderstandings that we have had because we have gained knowledge through you know, unreflected knowledge, You have just gained it through media or comics or whatever it is from stories and we have had this imagination of God is this, God is that but what is this is doing is in the first khanda, first chapter it is going to clear all this misunderstanding but it's not going to give the answer it is make, it will going to make you come with doubts so you should get the doubts, now the doubt should be okay if it is something that I cannot comprehend with the mind it's something that the words cannot convey then what is Veda conveying? is Veda jnana? can God be ever known? because this is all the karana that I have to get the knowledge if He is beyond all this then I will never know it, I, I will never know it Therefore, what is it saying? So this should be the doubt, this is the doubt that I don't know, how else can I get this knowledge? What, how can I get this knowledge? So this is the reflection that we should have and this is what this is doing, this first part is doing is, it is making us question, okay, so this is beyond this, beyond that then how will I ever understand it, how will I ever know it? So this is the question that we'll all get. So, the next five verses is a beautiful description of what God's nature is, not in a positive way, but as something different from these two, so that we get the question. So, he is saying, sloka 5, yath vacha anabhyuditam yena vak abhyudyate, tat eva brahma tvam vidhi na idam yath idam upasate a very very important amazing uh, claim that Upanishad is making yatra vacha anabhyuditam na abhyudaya is anabhyudaya means udaya is by which yatra vacha whose knowledge yatra vacha anabhyuditam is not is, does not arise from words whose knowledge does not arise from words yena vak but the walk itself arises because of his power. So the walk cannot comprehend or cannot give or describe what God is, but the walk arises because of his power. So the walk, knowledge does not arise from walk, but the walk arises from him. It says, Tat eva brahmatvam vidhi na idam yath idam upasate. Tat eva eva means indeed. It's a stress here. That indeed, brahmatvam vidhi understand that indeed that Brahma is that is the nature of Brahma. Na idam yat idam upasate, and not that that which you worship here. So this is the understanding that it wants. That is, in in this sense, pratika upasana. Pratika upasana is what. You have, a, you have an idol, icon or in this word, in this uh, shloka omkara upasana, for example in the Upanishad we have omkara upasana omkara upasana is shabda upasana Mandukya Upanishad if you take it is about omkara upasana, kara ukara, makara, nada all these different kinds of the words that make this omkara what is its meaning, so that's the upasana what this is saying is na idam idam upasate do not ever doubt that brahman is one who is the object of this, who is the pratika itself omkara is the vibration of prakriti, it is just a vibration and omkara is not God, omkara conveys God omkara itself is not God the same way pratika is something that we see something that we hear that is not God because anyadeva eva tat viditad anyat aviditad adhi so it is not something that we see or hear so if you think that that pratika itself is Parabrahman then you are in the Brahma because that pratika is nothing it is just an object where you do a prana pratishtapana and you worship God as an antaryami in the pratika God is always beyond the physical beyond the mental beyond what can be imagined so when you worship your worship should always be like that even when you are worshipping you know, an idol or an icon or a Omkara, the Shabda, whatever it is, those things are just an object of worship. But what you are actually worshipping, or what you are having your, you are doing your Dhyana to, is Indriya Atitha, all this physical world para Parabrahma, who is beyond what you can see, or beyond what you can hear, beyond what you can taste, all that is beyond the Indriya. That is the nature of Brahman, so do not worship an idol na, na idam yadidam upasate Not the idol as God, but Antaryami The Brahman is the Antaryami in the idol So that is the idol worship that we have to do Na idam upasate So that's the important message that he is giving Tat eva Brahma, That is indeed is Brahma What is, what is that tat? Yath vacha anabhyuditam whose knowledge does not arise from the words but the word itself arises from his power, that indeed is Brahman, that is his nature na idam yad idam upasate not the one that you are worshipping, do not confuse the object for the antaryami, so do not confuse that so that is the antaryami upasana that it is talking can
1: you give an example like a flag a like common man like uh-huh. in a dead dead, looking at a flag flag is a piece of power do respect a flag or to salute a flag because it does represent the nation behind it. Now, if anybody wants to describe as to what you feel when you see a flag of a particular nation, probably it is very difficult to describe it because you can feel what you feel about a flag. Some sort
0: of a see, a pratika means represented, but you should not confuse that it represents God. It's not a, like a picture of God. Right. the spirit is in that object so you can have just you know a murtapinda, just a round object and you can still worship God as an antaryami in that, you don't need to have a picture or you can have worship God in a plant, as an antaryami of the plant, you can do so there are different kinds of worship in the Upanishad, Madhu Upasana, Omkar Upasana all these different kinds of Upasanas are there, for all these Upasanas the object, you should not com- confuse the object with the spirit in the object, which is the Antaryami Brahman. so that's what it is saying Tad eva Brahman tvam viddi is always at all times you should know that brahman is what this is describing that which is beyond all this so do not limit it to the object that you are worshipping because that is not brahman the spirit of brahman who is like this is in it so that is the clearing that you should have, clear understanding that you should have. Do not misunderstand the object for the spirit in that object. So that is what Hiranagarbha is saying here. So, Shloka 6 yath manasa na manute yena ahuhu manaha matam tadeva brahmatvam vidhi na idam yatidam upasathe, again he continues with the next one he says, Yat manasa na manute. who the thoughts cannot comprehend Yena aahu manomatham and they say, people say it is because of whose power that the mind which is the, uh, the karana is doing its kriya which is manana the mind is doing the manana because of his power but the thoughts which is the kriya do not completely comprehend it so saying again he repeats tat eva brahmatvam vidhi na idam yat idam upasate therefore the nature of brahma is like this worship him like this not as the object itself that you worship continuing he says yath chakshusha na pashyati yena chakshumshi pashyati Tat eva brahma tvam vidhi na idam yat idam upasate. Same way, Brahman is not something that we see physically. The eyes cannot comprehend him physically because his rupa is not physical. So, yat chakshusha napashyati yena chakshuamshi pashyanti. It is he who gives the power to the eyes to see. So, tat brahma tadeva brahma tvam vidhi na idam yadidam upasate same way that is the nature of Brahman and not the object that you are worshipping that you should not worship it that way same way yatha shrotrena na yena shrotram idam shrutam tadeva brahmatvam viddi na idam yadidam upasate the same way the ears cannot comprehend it in words and the ears get the power of hearing because of whose power you should understand that god is of that nature tarevat brahma tvam vidhi na yatidam upasate therefore it is not the one this limitation that you want to worship that is not it and finally he says "Yat pranena na praniti yena pranaha praniyate tateva brahma twam vidhi na idam yat idam upasate finally he says yet praneena napraniti prani prani praniti means he exists and he is active but there is no prana in him for us to be active we need to have prana because prana is the one that actuates we have we are active because prana is in us but he is active yet praneena napraniti praniti that means he is active without prana being in him and yena pranaha praniyate praniyate means who pulls prana to be active so he is the one, that's what pranasya prana means so in the first sloka he says pranasya prana means prana is doing his job or being activating the universe in the body as well as the universe because yena pranaha praniyate because he is in him as an antaryami and he is giving him the power to be the actuator, therefore he is, he doesn't need the prana to be active, but prana needs him to be active or to give us prana, therefore tadeva brahmatvam vidhi na idam yad idam upasade, therefore understand the nature of God to be like that and not the one that you worship as a limited object, so in this prathamakanda what it's doing is, it is clearing away our misunderstanding that God is this, God is that and it's saying God is beyond our imagination, beyond our thoughts can comprehend, beyond the words can express and beyond the Indriyas that can comprehend, so He is beyond all this so what happens is now we get the question question is if God is beyond words if God cannot be seen, if God cannot be thought about then what are Vedas for? Vedas are words. They are Apavrushaya Vakya but still they are Vakya, Shabda Pramana so what is Veda for? What is it conveying? so if it's beyond thoughts how will I understand? I will never understand it. So if it's beyond sense and all that how will I ever know it? I can never know it. So does it mean that God is unknowable, unthinkable? Is that the thing? So this is the question which your first kanda should Have in you through reflection. So, God is beyond all this, but is God unthinkable, unimaginable, unknowable? So, this is the question of the first khanda. So, in the second khanda, Hiranyagarbha is going to answer that it is not true, it is not like that. What he is going to say, we will see. In the first verse, basically,
1: what even with our mind our senses we cannot we cannot understand God in that sense uh, it's beyond it's uh, it's a creator it creates a, uh, it, it's a creator it's a important it. but then if we cannot do it, it is it is it guiding us towards the bhakti uh, area here or are we in the jnana
0: no we are in the jnana so actually the right knowledge actually brings you right bhakti so you cannot differentiate jnana, bhakti and karma they are all connected you cannot have one without the other you cannot have karma and if you don't have jnana then your karma will become karma so if you have jnana you have no bhakti then it is useless The same way each one is supporting the other so what this is doing is it is clearing your misunderstanding, if you are thinking of God in terms of some physical entity like you know if if God is force, is God energy, is God the whole universe, this is saying it is nothing like what you know or what you don't know, it's not a figment of imagination because finally what you can imagine is what you experience, maybe a different combination of it but it's not fictitious and it is not something that is like what you experience in this world what it's saying just is that it is completely beyond it the first thing is, it's clearing your vision so do not think of God who is infinite Puranamada Now do not think of Him in finite terms, do not limit the knowledge of God, so now the next question that he's going to answer is how can such an entity which nobody can know nobody can see, how can such an entity be known, how can it be conveyed, right? What If I convey something in words, you should know the reference and I say I am teaching, I know what I means, I know what am is, which is present, I know what teaching is, so I understand the sentence. So, which what understanding sentence can the Vedas teach Parabrahman, if he is unknown, unknowable and cannot be comprehended by words, how do I know it? So that's the question that the first portion you know, brings. So it just clears your doubts and brings in questions which is going to you know, uh, 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 tell or teach in this uh, second khanda. So, God is not, it's not just saying that God is a creator. It's saying God is creator, sustainer, destroyer as well as the actuator. He is giving the the power to the indriya to you know, sense and the karmendriyas to do. So, He is always present as the Antaryami giving it the power. So, He is not just, He is not creating and just leaving it. He is always present in the creation and working, you know, actuating it through His activities. So, that's the first uh, chapter that is saying. So, now when we get that question, now the second uh, chapter is going to clear those, uh, uh, the doubts that we get in the first khanda. The second chapter, says, the khanda says, Yadi manyase suveda iti dharam eva api nunam tvam vettha brahmano rupam and he is saying, Hirana Bhargava is saying Yadi manyase, if you think, if you, your understanding is suveda iti, suveda means I know it well, and I know God very well, you know, I have researched I've done tapas for a long time I understand God very well this is the conclusion I get from this so if you think if you believe that if you think that if you get that understanding in you that I know God very well I've done this tapas for a long time I understand very well I can come to the conclusion if you think that he says api brahmanaha rupam then dahara means very little very small he says if you come to the conclusion then your understanding of God is very very little daharam eva api nunam certainly indeed tvam vetta you know very little about brahmanaha rupam about the swarupa of parabrahma you know very little, if you after doing all this tapas, after doing all the jnana if you come to a conclusion that you know God very well then that means you know Him very little so that's the, again it's all talking in terms of contradiction because what is not known, what is beyond, you cannot state directly, you have to talk in terms of contradictions and this Upanishad is full of contradictory statements which lets you know that it is neither this that you know nor that which is fictitious, it is beyond that so it, it's trying to give you that jnana so here Hiranagarbha states that if you think you know very well that means be assured that you know very little about Parabrahman then he continues Yet asya tvam asya deveshu atha nu mima eva te so you have to stop there, the manye the viditam is the next step, sentence So. Yat asya tvam, yat asya deveshu. So, since this knowledge of God is very little in all of us, then yat asya tvam, the God who is in you, tvai, actually tvai, yat asya deveshu, the God who is the of among all the divinities, so yat asya tvam, yat asya deveshu, nu, no, indeed, certainly you should, mimamsyameva. You should start your inquiry, you should start your investigation or inquiry into that God because what we have is a very little information. Therefore, you should start inquiring nu, now, start now. So, he is saying that. And then in the next uh, verse, it is just a single uh, the manye viditam, and then it, you have to add that to naham manye suveda iti. So, manye viditam naham manye suveda iti there are two different pāthas prevalent in this uh, one one which says na aham manye suvedaiti the other one says na aham anye suvedaiti so there are two different patas. so we take that first portion, first pātha which says uh, uh, manye viditam na aham anye suvedaiti if others think anye others think Uh, manye viditam if others think that I, Hiranyagarbha knows very well, he oh we don't know, but Hiranyagarbha should have the knowledge of God very well he should know God very well if others think, he says naham manye suvedahiti Hiranyagarbha is saying I know or I don't consider myself to be suveda." well, no, I know God well I cannot claim that I, Hiranyagarbha will not claim that I know God very well if others think then that's wrong because I claim that I don't know God very well naham <speaking in Hebrew> manye then he claimed again he says na u na and I know that I am not ignorant it doesn't mean that I don't know means doesn't mean I am ignorant I know but i know that i am not suveda i know and i know that i am not ignorant but i am not suveda also so this is the contradiction i am not an ignorant person i have knowledge but i am not a suveda i don't know god very well but i know that i am not an ignorant uh, my, this uh, brahma is saying this and then yaha naha tatveda tatveda na u na veda iti vedacha uh, this is like uh, you know contradiction. It, it gives you that awesome picture. He says, "Yaha naha tatveda tatveda." He among us who knows God? Who knows God? Tatveda knows that what naveda iti vedacha. He knows that he does not know. Therefore, he knows God. So that is the thing he says those who know, know that they don't know those who do say they don't know, actually know so what this is, this contradiction is saying is if you take this knowledge into sattva, rajas and tamas Rajasika claim, what does he claim, he says okay, I know something, I've read a few chapters in physics and you know, you give me any problem, I can solve anything and other extreme with this tamasa he's ignorant, he doesn't know, he's not even read anything. The sattva, if you go and ask Einstein, what does he say? he says, oh I just know the speck of this universe, you know, what I know is nothing, so that is the knowledge, it's not ignorance, it's the ignorance that one gets when one exhausts learning, that ignorance is what this uh, Brahma is talking about, he says, naham manye suveda iti na naveda iti veda chha, I know that I don't know because I know what I know is just a speck and yaha naha tatveda tatveda. those among us who knows who is a jnani will know what? na, na u naveda iti veda chha, he knows that finally when I exhaust everything all the knowledge what is the conclusion that I came? that all I know is just a speck and then I don't know anything actually so that is the sattva jnana <coughs> so that is the jnana that Hiranyagarbha because infinite is infinite whatever you claim Rajasat tries to limit it by claiming that I know everything I can do everything but sattva just says I know I'm not an ignorant I know but what I know is just a speck and there is infinite ocean which I don't know when hiranyagarbha is claiming that you know what what to say of all mankind so hiranyagarbha himself is saying i don't know all i know is just a speck of the knowledge of parabrahman then he continues with this contradiction yasya amatam tasya matam matam yasya navedasaha again yasyam yasya amatam tasya matam one who understands that thoughts do not comprehend it completely so it's not, it cannot comprehend It is you cannot comprehend the infinite with your thoughts because your thoughts are nothing but very finite things what you can know is a finite thing yasya amatam one who thinks that his thoughts cannot comprehend him completely but only a speck of him tasya matam he understands yasya, uh, matam yasya naveda one who claims i have understood god naveda saha he does not understand because he doesn't know that, that this finite thoughts can never comprehend this infinite Parabrahman. the same way this manana this is vignya this is sakshatkara so avignyatam vijanatam vija vi, avijanatam so, one who see, thinks that he has got the complete sakshakara, direct perception of Parabrahma, avijanatam. That means avij- Avijnyatam, vijanatam. One who knows that what he has experienced is just a speck of what is out there, which is Parabrahman, he knows. And vijanatam avi- avijanatam one who thinks that he has completely comprehended or experienced God in its entirety, what is he? he does not know, so this is the contradiction that it wants to give you, do not think of God as some man or some trees or some animals or some objects God is nothing that you know, nothing that you can think because none of your thinking, none of your words, none of your senses can completely comprehend it, therefore do not worship all these limited objects as God, God is something who is beyond, and who is a Jnani? A Jnani is the one who has exhausted everything and finally come to a conclusion that he doesn't know, all he knows is just one speck of that knowledge of Parabrahman, so that is the gnani. so that's what this contradiction is all about, it's you cannot claim complete knowledge of infinite nor is ignorance going to give you anything, it is that knowledge which comes after exhaustion of jnana, that that thing that you get that it's just a speck that you know, that is what is real jnana, that is the jnana. So these two things that the Upanishad is trying to convey. And so finally one more question might come Uh, if God cannot be completely known, all, all we know is just a speck then how how do we get Mukti, liberation? just a speck of knowledge how do I get Mukti? because I cannot know him completely how do I get Mukti? the Upanishad says pratibodha viditam matam amrutatvam hi vindate atmana vindate viryam vidyaya vindate amrutam says pratibodha viditam matam so shravana so you have to add shravana, manana and uh, nididhyasana. So, Nididhyasana is contemplation, Matam is reflection, Viditam is Shramana, known, reflected, and finally understood through direct experience. Prati Bodha, what is understood? Prati means Prati Bodham, Bodham, Prati Bodham. Prati means each one. So, Prati Bodha, each one of us have our own capacity to understand. Only that needs to be filled. A speck, a speck of knowledge. Which, the, which we get through exhausting all this infinite knowledge, you know, we go, we learn everything and finally we know that we don't know, that is itself enough for you, you are each one's capacity, each one has a different scapa- different capacity of knowledge, bhoda viditam, what completes your understanding is what is needed, what completes your shravana, what completes your manana, what completes your fi- final direct experience, what completes that is what is needed, only that spec is enough. Pratibhodha, each one has his own requirements and each one will complete his requirements through different specs of knowledge that makes his requirement complete. So Pratibhodha, viditam, matam, shrutam, added then amrutattvam hi with that jnana amrutattvam hi he gives up his body and becomes immortal he becomes an immortal self, his own self. Atmana Vindate Viryam. From the Paramatma, he gets virya. So after his after his jnana, what he all the karmas that he does, all the yajnas that, that he does, is inspired action. So after jnana, he has he's doing inspired action and that inspiration is coming from whom? It's coming from Atmana Vindate Viryam. That's coming from the Paramatma and vidyaya Vindate vidyaya avindate amrutam so finally it's the vidya this understanding the belief change that's going to give him the immortality which is his amrita state so parabrahma uh, the uh, hiranyagarbha is saying finally in this khanda iha chhed vedit avedit atha satyam asti Na chet iha avedit mahati vinashtaha so this is the case iha chet if you start do, doing it now start understanding it now because you have the body which has the intelligence and the discriminating power therefore if you start when you have when you are born with these capabilities iha chet vedit you have to understand start now now only vedit atha satyamasti sat means satbhave sadhubhavecha that's the meaning of sat means sat means existence as well as something good is all, all is also said called sat so satyamasti means good happens if you start now when you have these abilities when you have the intelligence when you have the situation when you have all this start it now he says and then nachet iha avedit mahati vinashtaha if you do not use this situation now and you go tangentially to different, you know, keep different aims in your life materially Mahati Vinastaha you are losing a very big opportunity make, when there is intelligence, when you can do it start doing it now, start this practice now because if you don't use this situation, if you don't start it now Mahati Vinastaha, you are losing a very big opportunity, you know, it's a big loss and he says jnāni bhūteshu bhūteshu vichintyā Dhiraha, pretya asmat Lokat, amruta bhavanti so what the jnāni is, finally once he has the jnāna bhūteshu bhūteshu vichintyā he sees that uh, antaryāmi bhūteshu in all the bhūtas in everything, all the animals, every, all the beings in the whole of universe he sees that God as the antaryāmi power behind whatever mm-hmm. is happening in this universe Pichintya dhiraha, understanding that the jnani, pretya asmat lokat amruta bhavanti. So, with that understanding, once he is dead, when he, once he gives up this body and this linga sharira, he becomes an amruta, he gets a moksha. So, iti keno panishadhi vidiya kandaha. So, this is the second kandaha. We'll do the next two in the next class. So, this is the adhyatma portion. Adhyatma is that which pertains to the body so this is the knowledge about what pertains to the body because it's all Indriyas and Manas. In the next one you will see Ajidaiva Jnana and the uh, next one is a story that the Upanishad is telling. It's a story about the divinities and how they behave and how they get this knowledge. So this is like a theory and the next part is, next two portion is a story which gives you that application of the theory. That's the next two khandas
1: but this one really you know uh, the last few verses really brought up something uh, something very deep uh, y- you don't have to you know when you think that oh you've got to get this knowledge and all you've got to get this phd or something like that it's very clearly saying that everyone has different capacities correct uh, they're born you know whatever that past be how that they come with that bundle so they have their capacities but uh, it's it's like saying that a student you know uh, has to pass the kindergarten and then the next student has to pass the grade one and all. They may not be at the same standard, but they are still first. Correct. Okay. So whatever be your capacity, you have to fulfill that capacity. Correct. If you shortchange yourself, you have not reached there. Correct. And th- that is being very
0: clearly. That is what Bhavada Viditam is. Correct. Okay. So what we get thing from here, the summary is when you think of God, do not think of some person or some, you know, people claim they are God and there are some say that God is this, this idol none of this is true, this is what the Upanishad is saying because it is something beyond what we can see, what we can hear, what we can sense, what we can understand so it is completely beyond, so the only form of worship idol worship, yes, is good but idol worship when it is done as Antaryami Upasana only that is the correct form of Pratika Upasana that is what the Brahma Sutra also says that Pratika you should worship Pratika as containing the Spirit of God that's why you do the Prana Pratisthapana, and when you do the Ganesha Puja then you leave the idol, you know, you immerse it because that that idol is not Ganesha but you put the Prana Pratishtapana of Ganesha the same way praman, is in spirit everywhere, he is an antaryami, therefore do not think or understand that some object or some man who claims himself to be God is God, that is never true, that's the summary So here uh,
1: the question comes, that true knowledge will tell you that uh, knowledge of God is very limited, but a but how, but what knowledge will tell you that there is more to know so true knowledge will tell you that there is more to know, and you only
0: know a little, or you understand God very little. But then, but then, how do you get the understanding? or get the knowledge that there is lot more to know of God. There is, there is more to what is there. God is, you know, let's say, much larger than what you have come to understand. How do we know it? How, how will that knowledge? that is experience, it's, this is all experiential knowledge so once you have that jnana, because the, what that jnana is saying is God is Purna, it's, it's like He is infinite so none of your knowledge, your limited capacity if you think that you can comprehend it completely then are, it's wrong, so it's all your understanding is always open or according to your capacity, but it's not it's not ignorance, ignorance is if you don't know, you know but it's not complete knowledge. Even Hiranyagarbha himself is saying I know that I don't know. So he knows, he has the knowledge of God according to his capacity as Hiranyagarbha should know. So we know God according to our capacity which is a speck in the ocean. So that's why God is always you know an object of awe. That's why the Upanishads and the Brahma Sutras claim that it will never satisfy you. Any object, you know physical object you know, some it will satisfy you then again it will become Anala but this God is not, nothing physical but it's something that will never satisfy you the awe, you always keep sucking that awe so that will be that you always want, you want, always want that experience so that is what the Upanishads say that's, it, that's what is called Bhuma Upasana Bhuma is uh, you know Upasana or worship of God as infinite and always, that, the one that always is awe
1: this mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm.